to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. The Maple Leafs pulled off a pretty sizable trade today and to help us walk through the deal and uh, also get just an overall impression on where the Leafs prospect pool stands and, you know, how he thinks Kyle Dubas has done so far this season. Uh, I'm going to welcome aboard Dobber Prospects, Tony Ferrari to the show. Tony, were you surprised to see such an impactful deal going on with the Stanley Cup playoffs still in action? Yeah, I was, I was a little surprised by the timing of it, but I wasn't surprised that the deal went down. Like last week, I think it came out that a lot of teams were talking about trading while they're eliminated. So they all had the opportunity to trade with each other and kind of work deals in with that. And and some people kind of brought up that, oh, well, maybe this is when the Kapanen trade happens or maybe this is when the Janssen trade happens. But I wasn't really expecting it. And then when it came down and as the pieces trickled in, it was it was exciting to see as a Leafs fan. Yeah, so uh, just to, to give everybody, in case you missed it, which shame on you if you missed the, the deal because that was big news all day long in Leafland. But if you missed it, it was Kasperi Kapanen, Pontus Auberg, Jesper Lindgren heading to the Pittsburgh Penguins in exchange for a first-round pick, which is going to be 15th overall in this upcoming draft. Philip Hollander, a second-rounder that was taken by Pittsburgh a couple years ago. Evan Rodriguez, who is an RFA, uh, 28 years old, could be a depth option, but he also could end up just walking, and it's not going to cost the Leafs anything. And then David Warsawski, a 30-year-old left-shot defenseman who I'm sure will just be a staple uh, with the Toronto Marlies. But uh, what were your first impressions on this deal, Tony? Well, when when the deal went down, it kind of seemed like hockey Twitter was was really uh, boiling over a little bit because when the deal came down, it was just Kasperi Kapanen has been traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins. So for like, it seemed for like forever, but I'm sure it was only about 25, 30 minutes. No one knew really what the deal was. So there was everyone making fake accounts or changing their Twitter <laughs> handles and, and tweeting different stuff out. So there was a lot of misdirection going on. But as the pieces started to roll in with, with some of the, the bigger reporters like Drager and Friedman, uh, seeing the pieces come in and when, when they said there was a first round pick involved, I was like, oh, that'd be, I even tweeted out. I'm like, it'd, it'd be awesome if it was a 2020 first round pick because it's a deep draft. And the Leafs could add a really good piece for the future here. But if it's a 2022 pick, because they don't have a 2021 pick that's already gone to uh, Minnesota, then it's still a good draft that year. That's shaping up to be a good draft as well. So it's it's it was kind of nice that they were able to avoid the 2021 pick. But then when it came down, it was the 2020 pick. They basically replaced the pick they lost in the Patrick Marlowe trade. Um, it, it was a great deal. And, and, and at that point, I was ecstatic about the trade already. And then the fact that they were able to get a guy like Evan Rodriguez, who, like you said, he's going to be a depth piece. I know Dubas mentioned today on the conference call that he he, he wants to resign him. He's a guy that he's targeted for a few, a few years now, dating back to his days in Buffalo. So uh, I think that's going to be a useful depth piece for the Leafs. I don't know if he's going to play every day, but I think he'll be on the big club next year. And the big piece that I was surprised that, to see in the deal is Philip Hollander. This, this is a player that I really liked back in his draft year in 2018. A lot of people had him graded out as the first-round prospect, including myself, and he fell to the second round, and, and Pittsburgh was praised at the time for taking him at, if, if I'm not mistaken, 58th overall. And, and a lot of people were like, well, this is why Pittsburgh's able to trade all their first-round picks, because they get players like this <laughs> in the second round. Well, two years later, they're trading him and a first-round pick to the Leafs, and I, I'm pretty stoked about it. And as for David Worsowski, he's a 30-year-old kind of AHL journeyman. He's going to provide some veteran leadership maybe on the, the Marlies, and uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see him even even play some time in Newfoundland with the Growlers. And he's just going to be one of those depth pieces that kind of provides the leadership for the younger guys on the minor league teams. 
Yeah, I'm sure he was really just more of a, hey, take on this contract. Uh, we need to get rid of a contract anyway. So kind of a throw in, I suppose, uh, for for the Leafs in this one, in this regard, or at least for, for Rutherford, maybe from Pittsburgh's perspective. But, um, you know, let's let's talk about what the Leafs lost, too, because I think that's kind of important when you, you discuss this trade. And, you know, value-wise, I think the Leafs definitely – win uh, in a vacuum where you think, okay, first-round pick, Philip Hollander, uh, Rodriguez, and Morsovsky, you know, if you're if you're measuring them out, equal to much more value than Kapanen, Auberg, and Lindgren. But losing a guy like Kasperi Kapanen, I, I just, you know, I, I feel like it's going to be harder to replace him than a lot of Leafs fans think it's going to be. Like, this is a team who still is going to be a little bit up against the cap, and this is a team who already had some issues with their depth, and Kapanen was one of those guys, one of those depth players who actually stepped up um, a little bit in the playoffs and then also, you know, throughout the season took a big step this year. Do you think that Kapanen maybe... Starting this season, uh, Leaf fans will look back and say, ah, "I wish we had Kapanen back." Kind of like we saw happen when the trade went down last season with Nazem Kadri. A lot of people sitting there now thinking, "Like, I wish we didn't make that deal. I wish we still had Kadri." Do you think maybe Kapanen, you know, Leaf fans could have that thought with Kapanen, or do you think it's just kind of uh, a worthwhile deal all around? Well, I'll start with saying that I think it's a worthwhile deal all around. And, and I'll say that I said the same thing last year when the Nazem Kadri Tyson Berry trade was made. I think that trade's looked on pretty sourly now. And, and admittedly, it, was, it doesn't look great in hindsight. But at the time, I think it was a trade that the Leafs need to make. And, and I, I think it was heavily praised. You look back at a lot of the, the articles that were written, and, and a lot of people really liked the deal. Um, I, it worked out for the Avalanche and not the Maple Leafs. And that just happens sometimes. Um, as for this deal, I think it's going to be a trade that even if you do regret it, I think you're regretting it because you lost the third line player. Um, I Kasper captain brings a ton of value. The, the, the skill he has on the penalty kill and his ability to just pressure guys and force those turnovers. It seemed like at times when Kasper captain was really on, he was getting a shorthanded breakaway every game. Yeah. Um, the, the, the big thing with him, I think is, is they're going to miss some of that, that uh, the a hole in his game. Yeah. The little grittiness. He, 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 yeah, he was an underrated jerk at times, and like he wasn't afraid to really get into a guy's face, kind of give him a smirk that he wasn't really prepared for, and really kind of just pester the other team. So I think they're going to miss that aspect a little bit, but I think they're they're going to try to bring in a couple guys like that this offseason in general. Um, I, I don't know if I see them re-signing Clifford because there is a cost to it in losing a, another draft pick, so I, I won't be shocked if they decide to let him go and maybe go in a different direction, but I think Kasperi Kapanen's biggest area of him being missed will be on the power play in, like I said, that grittiness. Because offensively, he just wasn't doing it a whole lot this year. So the areas that you're going to miss him, I think you can replace a little bit more easily. And I think Philip Hollander has some of that in him in reality. And, and while he won't be here next year, and, and likely not even the year after that, he'll get, need some AHL time most likely. I think he's a player that in the long term can kind of play that same role and, and maybe even have a bit of a higher ceiling and be a guy that can play in the top six because that's where Casper Kaplan really struggled. Tony, before we get any further with this conversation, I got to tell you about Rock Auto, rockauto.com. 
It's a family-owned business that's been around for about 20 years or so, serving auto parts customers online. Uh, you can go to rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for a classic or a daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your car and and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. And best of all, price at rockauto.com are always reliably low. And the same for the professionals as the do-it-yourselfers. So why spend twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. And write locked on on their How'd You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Now let me tell you about our other show sponsor, Roman. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, oh, I lost my mojo or avoid it altogether with excuses like I had a long day at work or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get free online evaluations and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash XX x and complete an online visit erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle but now there's roman complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it go to getroman.com slash locked on nhl today if approved you'll get 15 dollars off your first order of ed treatment that's getroman.com slash locked on getroman.com slash locked on Let's dig into that a little bit here as we discuss the trade uh, between the Leafs and Pens. Kasperi Kapanen on his way back to Pittsburgh. Um, Leafs getting a first-round pick, Philip Hollander, and a couple of depth pieces. But Hollander, a guy who you like a lot, a guy that a lot of draft pundits uh, felt was a guy who really fell in the draft back in 2018. Uh, what's your scouting report on this guy, and what should Leaf fans be looking forward to? Well, the big thing with Hollander is he's a he's a, got a good size and he's got good skating. So he's he's right away he's, he's a guy that can play at the pro level physically and he's not going to be overmatched in that way at all. I uh, six two one eighty eight. I uh, he's a guy that can, in the versatility in his game is another big thing. He can play all three forward positions. Uh, he likely profiles as a winger at the NHL level realistically, but he's a guy that maybe plays that Alex Kerfoot role where in a pinch you can put him at center, despite the fact that you know in reality he's more effective as a winger. Um, he's kind of a dual threat offensive player that, and that's something I really respect in his game because he's an excellent finisher around the net specifically. I think he's got a, a really nice knack for being able to elevate the puck in tight. Um, he, he's always around the net and he, he just dives at the creases all the time whenever there's a loose puck and he pots the goal. So, uh, he's really good at that, but his playmaking is really, not, I don't want to say necessarily underrated. I just don't think it gets credit because his, his goal scoring is kind of what he's, he's a little bit more known for. Um, he, he's really good two way 200 foot player. I think this is a player that the Leafs are really going to value in the future. Cause he's going to play that, that role where he's going to be able to kind of play up against the other team's best lines and still be able to play offensively. Um, I don't think he's going to be a defensive stalwart. Like he may not be Mark stone or anything like that, but he's going to be a more than competent uh, NHL defensive winger. 
And with the offensive punch that he brings, he's going to be able to play in the top six. And I, I just imagine him on the line with Tavares and Marner, and, and that's going to be a really, really effective line in a few years, possibly. And if that's ex- if if that is his ceiling, the fact that he can play in a top six role, something that Kapanen, uh unfortunately was just unable to crack this year. He had numerous opportunities to play up in the top six and just couldn't get it done. Found a nice little role uh, on the third line as kind of a checking role. Uh, but if Hollander has a ceiling that is higher than Kapanen, like what do you think was going through the minds of Pittsburgh and, and why would they try and make that deal as well as giving up a first-round pick on top of it if Hollander, uh, a couple of years from now, may end up being the better player. Yeah, I, it was it's kind of a head-scratcher when I first seen the deal come down, and, and I kind of expressed that in, in the article I wrote for DauberProspects.com, is that with with uh, Pittsburgh here, they're, they're kind of attributing the, the effect of if you get the best player in the trade, you win the trade. Because there's no doubt about it. Right now, today, Kasperi Kapanen is the best player in that trade because yeah. – Toronto's asset coming back is a prospect and a pick. So in, it's in ifs that and sense, maybes, right? It's it's ifs yeah. and maybes compared to a guy who we know can give you 15 to 20 goals in the NHL. And if they had to play a game tomorrow, the Leafs are worse off. The Pens are better off. Exactly. And, and I think the hope is that Kasperi Kapanen is a guy that maybe can just fly up and down the ice and Crosby or Malkin can play with them and adapt their game to play with him because both those guys can play with just about anybody. But I think the problem is going to become when Kasperi Kapanen has to play with them because despite their ability to make him better, he's not going to be able to keep up mentally with them. And I think that's where the, the big gap's going to be. Um, I think it's it's the Pittsburgh Penguins doing what they do almost every year. Trade a first-round pick, trade one of your top two prospects, and extend that Crosby-Malkin window and, and try to win another cup. Um, I, I'm all for the Penguins trading first-round picks. I'm all for the Penguins trading uh, – top prospects the the thing is that i don't know if kasperi kapanen is the guy i do that for especially when you're trading both in the same deal i think that's the issue too that that you have is the fact that okay you want to go out and get a top six player to to bolster your lineup to try and keep that window open a little bit for uh for for malkin and crosby and and for the pens in general and they really want to have a solid top six that they can rely on going forward and we actually had jim rutherford uh the general manager of the pittsburgh penguins on overdrive today and he was talking about how he believes that kapitan is a player that you know they drafted at one point they didn't want to get rid of him when they traded him for kessel but the opportunity to bring in a player like kessel worked for them at that time and they went on to win two cups so clearly it was the right decision and i feel like uh well not that i feel he said today that you know kapitan bringing him in he's he's got uh, you know, another three, four years of term left on his contract. So they'll have him uh, under contract for a while. And the fact that he believes that he's a guy who is kind of not shining as bright as he could in Toronto. Coming to Pittsburgh, he sees him as a top six playing with a guy like Crosby and Malkin and utilizing that speed, which will be interesting. And, and, and you know, Kasperi Kapanen is is a good player. Um, I think that he ultimately is kind of a tweener, uh, you know, second liner third line player just depending on who he's with and and the team that he's for and to me to be quite honest with you I think that Kapanen uh, probably ends up in the best case scenario that he could have if not maybe on a line with Connor McDavid uh, now on a line with one of Crosby or Malkin so I think Kapanen's probably pretty happy with the way that this deal went down yeah and I think the big thing here is that when you look at the centers that he's played with in Toronto in terms of of the top six 
it's been Tavares and, and Matthews. And those guys are both primarily goal scorers. They're guys that like to put the puck in the back of the net. Yeah. And I don't know if Kasperi Kapanen has the playmaking ability to play with guys like that. Whereas in Pittsburgh, both Malkin and Crosby are both much better playmakers, I'd say, than than both Matthews and, and Tavares. I think they're they're almost two sides of the coin, whereas Toronto has those goal-scoring centers um, and Pittsburgh has the the playmaking guys. And that's not, not to say Crosby and Malkin can't put the buck in the net because they both had big goal-scoring seasons. So that's not to say anything. Those guys are some of the best in the world. But I think there might be an opportunity that Kasperi Kapanen can, like I said, he can be that guy that flies up and down the ice he plays some tenacious defensive play and, and kind of takes some of the burden off the center in that sense. And and then when he's in the offensive zone, he's just attack the net and Crosby will try to bounce the puck off your chest or something. Or in, and it's just going to be that kind of play. So I think there's a chance that we're looking at Kasperi Kapanen and we go, well, he's the next Brian Rust or he's the next Connor Sheary. He's just the next guy in line that plays with those centers and those centers are able to make better. You want Chinese, they want pizza, and everyone is craving Froyo. There's something for everyone on DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside the door with new contactless delivery drop-off settings. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, or the Cheesecake Factory. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCKEDONNHL. That's $5 and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app on the App Store and enter the code LOCKEDONNHL. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNHL for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. In conversation with Tony Ferrari of Dauber Prospects, we're chatting about today's Leafs and Penguins trade that sees Kasperi Kapanen heading back to Pittsburgh. And uh, one of the things coming back to the Leafs is a first-round pick, and it's going to be the 15th overall selection. Uh, Tony, you over at Dauber, I'm sure, uh, have been diving pretty darn deep into this draft. What type of player, what type of talent could the Leafs be getting at 15 if they decide to hold on and, and take the pick? Well, I'm always the guy that's going to tell them to hold on and take the pick. <laughs> I know in, in, in the uh, little conference call that Dubas did today, he mentioned the fact that he's more than open to dealing with it, to dealing the pick to get some help now. And, and that totally makes sense in the situation that the well, Leafs are in. They have merits, but, right? Before we get, I guess before we get there, there, there is merit for the Maple Leafs. You know, as a draft and scout guy, you always want to be keeping the picks, right? You always have GMs who come up in the, through the scouting system. They always say, I always want to keep my picks. But then somehow they always end up trading away their picks because when they're in contention mode and they want to win now, when you have those guys that aren't top five uh, draft picks, they're not going to help you out this season. And, and I think the Leafs know that they're in a window where they need to kind of win now or win in the next couple of years because they've got they got to pay Freddie Anderson, they got to pay Zach Hyman, they got to pay Morgan Riley, and they kind of this might be one of the last seasons to keep everybody under contract without having to make some seismic uh, move, uh, changes to the roster. So if you can move out a you know use this 15th overall pick to try and uh, get themselves somebody on the back end, I think that is also has merit uh, and something that the Leafs may try and may want to do um and maybe kind of another alternative or another layer to this trade that we could see in the coming weeks. 
Yeah, I think that there's a realistic chance that the Leafs do move this pick because even if it's a a, a, a trade down in it with this pick, it's kind of the Kyle Dubas is, is mo. He he likes to move down in the draft and collect the picks, and and right around that 15 range is when the picks start to diversify and they start to uh, kind of all start to become similarly valued, especially when you're only moving down five to ten spots. You're going to get a player that's similar value. Um, this draft is a really good draft, but moving the pick makes complete sense. Um, if they do make the pick though, th- there's a ton of good, good players that they can, they can select with this pick. Um, you have guys that could fall in the draft. Like I, I noticed one thing in, in Dubas's conference call today is when he was talking about the players that could be available with this pick, he mentioned that all there's players at all three positions that are available that could be available in this range. And, and he said forwards, defensemen and goaltenders. And, and to me, that instantly set off a spark. Me- are you telling me that you think the Leafs could be interested in Yaroslav Askarov? And I am telling you that because Ooh. in I, I wrote that in, in today on DauberProspects.com again. Um, I, it was one of the things that I said, and in, in he, he was kind of classed with a, a guy like Anton Lundell and in guys who could drop but probably won't. Um, I think Askarov's most likely going to be taken before the 15th pick, but mm-hmm. if he's there at 15, I think that's a pick the Leafs are going to make because – that solidifies the goaltending position for your, for the next little while. And although he won't be ready this year and he likely won't be ready the year after that, I don't think he's one of these goalies that are, you're going to have to wait till 22, 23 to, to play. I think he could play at 2021. 20, and I think he's a, he's a really, really high end prospect. He's the best goaltending prospect I've ever watched. Uh, I was, a, I was a young when, when Carey price was really coming up and I, I wasn't really doing scouting at, as a child, but <laughs> the, this kid Askarov is just a stud. He, he, can play in the spotlight. I think he'd excel in a spotlight Toronto. Uh, every time he's on the international stage, maybe outside of the world juniors where he was two years younger than most of the guys there, he's dominated on the international stage, whether it's a U18s when he shut down the Jack Hughes led national te- de- development team or, or playing against men in the VHL, the second tier league in Russia. He even showed good in, in limited action, in the KHL. He's a guy that has everything that you want in a goaltending prospect. And, and he, he's still got room to grow. Uh, he's got the size, the skill, and, and the poise and net. And I think if there's a chance that Askarov does fall, and if he does fall to 15, I think he's a guy that the Leafs definitely consider at least. I think they would certainly consider that. Uh, another position that they desperately are going to need to try and address at some point uh, over the next couple of seasons is going to be the you know defense, because I think Timothy Lilligren may not be uh, you know, the top four defenseman that we thought he could be when he was taken with a first-round pick a couple of years ago. We'll get to that in just a little bit uh, when we go through the prospects that they do have in the system already. But, you know, is there a defenseman that you see that could be maybe a, a top uh, a top pairing or maybe a top four defenseman around that 15th pick that you think would fit the Leaf system? Well, the thing is with this draft, I think there's only two guys that really could be top pairing defensemen that have that realistic upside at least. And that's Jamie Drysdale and Jake Sanderson. And they're both probably going to be gone by this pick. If not, Jake Sanderson would be the ideal pick. Cause he's the player that would, f- that everything that the Leafs want in a defenseman is what Jake Sanderson is. But like I said, he's probably not going to make it outside the top 10, let alone near the 15th pick. So I, I think there's a few guys like Helga Granz is a guy that plays in Sweden. He's a big, strong defender who can skate. He's basically just what the doctor ordered for the Leafs. Uh, he's a little bit of a an offensive version of Jake Sanderson because he's got the same makeup, but he uses his tools in a different way. Uh, Jake Sanderson's a more defensive player, whereas Helga Granz likes to push the pace, and he's he's an offensive player. Uh, he played 
in the SHL for, for about half of the season this year. And uh, against men, he didn't look terrible. I actually thought he was a better defender in the SHL than he was when he played in the super elite. And, and that could just be because in the super elite in the Swedish junior league, he was given a little bit more leash and allowed to, to wander a little bit more, but he seemed to have the presence of mind to play the defensive role in the SHL. And against men, he did a, a serviceable job. Uh, another defenseman that I could see the least possibly taking here that, maybe I think is, is a little bit of a reach would be Caden Gooley. And he's a guy that I know a lot of people like, and, and there's a lot to like in his games in terms of a, a total package. And, and the best way I describe this guy, that Caden Gooley's game is that he's a guy that has all the tools that you, you look for in, a, in, a, in an NHL defenseman. His toolbox is just kind of all over the place. He doesn't have it organized and he doesn't use it all cohesively at the same time. He's trying to, screwing screws with a with a wrench and, and he's not getting everything out of his tool set that he could be getting uh, he's an except he's a really really good skater uh he projects as a tra- transitional defenseman rather than an actual offensive defenseman but he's quite good in the defensive zone and he's not afraid to step up on guys uh he doesn't refrain from throwing big hits and once in a while it becomes an issue because he gets out of position but there, there's a lot to build on with Caden Gooley I just think he's a couple more years away and the guy that I think might fit the the Leafs' needs the best would be Braden Schneider from the Brand, from the Brandon Wheat Kings. I was waiting for you to he, get to that one. <laughs> and yeah, he's the guy that I think most Leafs fans want because he's he's that defensive presence. He's he's a guy that's shown well at Team Canada camps at all ages. He was at the World Junior Summer Showcase last year as a 17 year old at a U20 event, and he he played well. I was there live in person, and and he was a guy that I, I wasn't really expecting too much from because I was there to watch Justin Barron and in. Shift after shift, game after game, Braden Schneider was the guy that constantly drew me to his his game because he was just good defensively and he was getting in on the offensive rush even at that event. Uh, his offensive game didn't really develop the way I was hoping or the way I was expecting to see it this year. But that's he's not a black hole by any means. He's a really good defenseman, and I think he's a really safe pick. I think he's a guy that you're banking on the fact that he's close to the NHL and the fact that He's not a guy that you can really see busting out. He's a guy that maybe his his floor is a, a number four guy and his ceiling's a number three guy. So he's not going to be a top pair guy. He's not going to be a guy that is necessarily going to be a, the driving force on a def, on a pairing with with Morgan Riley in the defensive end. But if you you put him on the second pairing, he's more than capable of being that defensive presence. Um, I, I think he's a guy that he has room to grow offensively and he's got some good tools. I don't think he's a bad offensive player by any means, but I think there's refinement that'll need to be had and development that'll need to be had in that end. And the Leafs are one of the best teams at developing players. So I, I won't be shocked if, if Braden Schneider does show a little bit more offensively, if he does get drafted by the Leafs and, and kind of becomes that, that second pairing defenseman that can really drive that pairing. And humor me just, just for a moment, because I think Braden Schneider is, is the reason why I was waiting for you to get to him is because he's a player that um, I think is going to garner some significant interest at this 15th pick if they do decide to keep it. Because I think that this is a kid who um, maybe could be a best of both worlds type player who they draft at 15th and just might be able to play in the NHL. Obviously, you could tell me otherwise and tell me to shut my mouth. I don't know what I'm talking about. But this is a guy who could, you know, he was, what, four or five days away. If he was born four or five days earlier last year, could have been in last year's draft. So he's a super, super late birthday. Um, you know, six foot two, 210. He's He's got a body that's ready for the NHL. Um, do, do you think this could be a kid who could end up uh, potentially being 
a guy who they could look at to at at 15 and think this is a player who maybe maybe not as soon as this year, but definitely next year should be ready to step into a, an NHL role with this Leafs team. Yeah, I think that's part of the draw with him is like I said, there's that combination of the fact that he is that that safer pick and you know what you're getting with Braden, Braden Schneider. He's a guy that, like I said, he's going to be a second pairing defenseman almost assuredly. Um, and then there's the other side of the coin where he's almost NHL ready already. He's not a guy that you're going to be waiting four or five years on. He's not a guy like Timothy Liljegren where you're going to need to allow him to develop and, and work through some things to, to get to the NHL level. I, I think Braden Schneider is a guy that, like you said, next year's probably out of the question. But the year after, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him in on in the NHL in 2021, 2022. Yeah, so, you know, they could keep the pick. They could trade the pick. Uh, this Schneider kid, I think, could maybe be a best of both worlds type scenario where they keep it. And also he becomes somebody who could help this team uh, sooner rather than later. All right, let's let's uh, let's leave the show right there, and then we'll pick up with some more conversation about this and get into Kyle Dubas and our prospects in, in tomorrow's episode. Uh, so we'll leave that right there. That's going to do it for the podcast today. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms. And receive daily Leafs content. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Leafs. Follow myself at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Tony at the Tony Ferrari on Twitter. If you want some more hockey talk, be sure to check Check out the Locked On NHL podcast where myself and four of the Locked On hosts discuss the latest breaking news around the NHL each and every day. As for this show, I'll be back with you another one tomorrow. And Tony is going to join me as well as we kind of go over Kyle Dubas's season as a whole. We're going to grade Kyle Dubas and get into the prospects a little bit. So don't miss out on that episode tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.